salutations, peace, and blessings. You're listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I'm your host, the Commish. I want to get right into this particular topic. It's driving me crazy. I, I probably shouldn't start with this topic, but I feel like I've watched enough sports to feel as though I can sit back and say to myself, why are we still talking about this? Why are we still on this whole topic about Aaron Rodgers? I have spent, I would probably think I've spent maybe 10 or 12, 15 episodes talking about this man. And I don't, I'm not talking about Aaron Rodgers, the football player. I'm talking about Aaron Rodgers, the off-season player. Now, you may say, well, what do you mean by the off-season player? This is off-season, right? This is the off-season at this point. We're not playing any football anymore. The season's over. The Rams won the Super Bowl. And we're still harping on what Aaron Rodgers decides to do. I think there is a part of America, maybe a large part of America, that doesn't want to see a good thing go. We just saw Tom Brady walk right out the door. I mean, he didn't walk out the door. He kind of just danced out the door. Because he knew his contract was up and it wasn't going to be renewed. He probably didn't want to resign. You know, his wife was all up in his ear. And I'm sure his kids were da- dancing on his lap, or jumping on his lap, telling him to retire. So he retires. Of course, so some people believe he retired. There's a lot of people that believe he didn't retire. That there wasn't a public announcement. Like in this day and time, we really need to see a public announcement of somebody retiring. The reason why we don't is because of social media. Social media has become the public retirement. If you're on Twitter or Facebook Instagram, Snapchat, whatever you want to call them things out there. If you're on social media and you say, I am done, it almost doesn't make a difference if you're in front of a camera. It doesn't make a difference if you're in front of reporters, if you're in front of journalists. And I think that is the problem. These journalists have taken it personal. You're going to retire without really announcing it to us first. You're not going to stand on a podium with your wife in one hand and kids in the other and say, it is time for me to retire. Now, Tom Brady didn't do it that way. It wasn't the conventional, traditional way of retiring. However, Drew Brees didn't do it that way either. So maybe he'll come out of retirement at some point, right? His kids announced that he retired. And as long as his kids say it, that means there's always a chance that Drew Brees will come back. And I think there lies the issue. It's the fact that unless we stand in front of the media, unless we stand in front of some TV camera to say it is over, then there are so many people out there that believe that it's not over. And for Tom Brady, they honestly believe that it's not over. Because I started with Aaron Rodgers, I want to get back to him. Because it's not over for Aaron Rodgers either. And I'll go as far as to say, as long as Green Bay still handles his contract, it's not over for Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay neither. I mean, come on. The the GM is no fool. Gunkus is no fool. He knows he has the most valuable weapon right now in the NFL next to Matt Stafford. I'm sorry. His wife said it's Matthew Stafford. Excuse me. Super Bowl champion Matthew Stafford has now become the hot man, the hot quarterback in the NFL. Please. 
the one thing I'll say about Matthew Stafford is this. If the Rams were to play the Packers in the Super Bowl, now we know that's not going to happen. Both teams are in the NFC. So this is obviously a hypothetical. But if you had Matthew Stafford on one end and you had Aaron Rodgers on the other end, whether it's in Lambeau or right there in SoFi, the question would be who would come out victorious? It's still going to be the Rams. It's still going to be that defense. It's still going to be Aaron Donald whooping Aaron Rodgers' butt up and down the field. So what I'm getting at is this. If the Green Bay Packers really feel as though Aaron Rodgers is your meal ticket to go to the playoffs, then you do keep him on your leash. You do maintain the contract and you would pay him everything in the world that you can because you realize that he was that guy last year when he was talking all that smack and you kind of brushed him along like he was, you know, yesterday's news. That's, let's fast forward to a year later. And now we're still talking about the same old job. And Aaron Rodgers is doing his best to put out there, hey, you know, it's been the best of times, it's been the worst of times. But right now, I got to do what's best for Aaron Rodgers. Okay, fine. Then retire. Because we know the Packers are not going to let you go. No team in their right mind has an MVP quarterback two years in a row and decides, you know what, I don't think we're going to get much more out of this guy. Now, Aaron Rodgers has all the cards. He has the leverage. It's up to him to decide, you know what, I want more money. For Green Bay to say, you're going to get more money. But then, of course, it's up to Aaron Rodgers to say, well, you know what, it's time for me to retire. And Green Bay will say, okay, Aaron, we'll still give you more money. <laughs> we don't want you to retire. However, we don't want you leaving this organization. But you're not willing to accommodate Rodgers when it matters most. You're not willing to give him the pieces necessary to go out there and provide you a championship. And that is where the conundrum stays. That's where the issue behind what the organization wants and what they want from Aaron Rodgers becomes a conflict. It's a conflict of interest. Because what they really want is to see those seats fill every game there is in Lambeau Field. They want to make sure that they get their money's worth by having the greatest show on earth right there in Lambeau Field with Aaron Rodgers featuring Aaron Jones and the best receiver in the world, so many people may think, and Devontae Adams. They don't want to lose that. They can't stand the thought of Aaron Rodgers going anywhere else, especially in the NFC. So the, the hypothetical about him being traded to Denver, Jacksonville, or to Tennessee, it's all a farce. Why are we still getting hung up in this? Why am I still talking about this? The commissioner's thinking to himself, man, I'm burning a lot of time just talking about Aaron Rodgers. This man is going to stay in Green Bay, period, end of story. They're not going to trade this man away. Period. End of story. He's not going to Denver. He's not this season. It's not to say that once his contract is up that he may consider going to Denver. And that's a different horse of a different color. That's where we have to really sit back and think, how many more years does he have left on his contract? Whether it be one or two, it 
still the fact that Green Bay is going to milk him for everything that he has left. And even if it means having to win a division title, that's their championship to them. Because they're not going to give him the pieces that he wants to be successful to get to the Super Bowl. We've seen that happen too many times. LaFleur has been there for three seasons, and they have yet to put any pieces around him that could be beneficial to him on offense to get them to the championship. Now, of course, it didn't help that Aaron Rodgers threw no touchdowns against San Francisco at home. It doesn't help his case, but it's still the fact that it's still Aaron Rodgers looking for you guys to throw him a bone or two and get him some weapons. Get him some guys outside of Devontae Adams that he can rely on to move the ball, to give him a chance to score. Of course, you can keep Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, but that's not what he wants. He wants a better offensive line. He perhaps wants more receivers. And the receivers you're giving him have been great receivers, but they're not Devontae Adams. They're not even close. They're not even on his scale. So what are we still talking about with Aaron Rodgers? Going to Denver? Please. If he sees Denver, it's only to see a friend of his play football. Maybe it's because he's in town and wants to go uh, ice fishing. Or maybe he's trying to find a reason to, to hook up with John Elway and talk about old times. Because he won't be suited up to play in Denver. Going back to Tom Brady playing for the 49ers, then what was the point of getting Trey Lance? If you're trying to say that the 49ers right now don't stand a chance with Jimmy Garoppolo going to the Super Bowl, there I think is the problem. You've really given up on Jimmy Garoppolo. It's not to say that the 49ers have, because if they did, then it'd be a question of if you can trade Jimmy G for somebody else or will you just release him with money left on his contract? That'd be foolish. Unless this is the end of his career, his, his tenure in San Francisco, he'll be back too. Trey Lance could play if they desire to put him out there and play, but they do understand they don't want to rush Trey Lance into playing right now. I don't see the harm of playing these young quarterbacks if you so decide to pick them in the first round. I don't see that as a problem, especially if you're talking about organizations like the San Francisco 49ers or even the Green Bay Packers that have invested quarterback coaches, offensive coordinators into improving their quarterback. So even a person like Trey Lance at this point deserves a snap. He probably deserves to start. But we're not convinced that he is the man to take the 49ers to the Super Bowl. Well, shame on you guys. This is the reason why they drafted him and moved up the draft to get him. Same thing with the Packers. There's a reason why they went out and got, got Jordan Love. There's a reason behind it all. They see something that we don't. And perhaps at this point in time, perhaps they are ready for the big shows. Maybe they're ready for the big screen. But everybody cannot let Tom Brady go. We can't let Aaron Rodgers go. Well, guess what? It's time to let these guys go. Green Bay, if you're not going to do something with Aaron Rodgers as far as improving that offense, let the brother go. Yeah, trade for him, whatever. What difference does it make at this point, right? What difference does it make? 
you still gotta get through the Rams anyway. The Rams are gonna be the powerhouse of the NFC. <laughs> and one person said, why not Tom Brady go to the 49ers? Because everybody knows that the 49ers play in the NFC West. Why give up being in a weaker division like the NFC South to go into a much more competitive division like the NFC West? Who benefits from that? Not Tom Brady. He'll be 45 if he decides to play for the 49ers. What more could he do against Aaron Donald? He didn't do against him in, in, in the playoffs, the divisional round. You saw he ran for his life. You saw how he got sacked. You saw how he got bumped under his chin, started bleeding at the mouth. <laughs> you think Tom Brady wants to go through that again in the NFC West where everything will improve defensively? People, let it go. I think it's time to let the ideas, the charades go. It just won't happen. It's not going to happen. Let it go. So says the commission. Wanted to start by talking about the NFL, but now I'm going to lean heavy on the NBA because it's NBA season and the NFL's over. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, I will talk more about the NFL next time. But right now, we got to concentrate on the NBA. I don't want to start my NBA segment by talking about Ben Simmons. I talked about Ben Simmons. For some time, several episodes ago, a long time ago, a long time ago, talked about Ben Simmons. Thought that Ben Simmons had every opportunity to improve his game with the Sixers. Then we come to find out he doesn't want to play for the Sixers. It just won't suit up. Won't come to camp, won't come to practice, blah, blah, blah. And then when he decides to come, he sits on the sidelines like some sad puppy trying to find his owner. And so you don't get any production out of Ben Simmons. As much as Doc Rivers pushed to try to get this man on the court so they can work with Ben Simmons, he still decides, this is not for me. And then he decides he just won't play. And then it became the question of, well, if he can't play for the Sixers, then who will he play for? And everybody saw the trade. We saw what happened. He goes to the Nets. He and a few of his posses go over to the Nets. And now he's with the Nets, and he still ain't playing. <laughs> this is amazing. This is, it's amazing how the NBA can negotiate with these players worth millions, millions of dollars, and they get into an environment where they don't want to play. Then you trade them to a new environment, and they still don't want to play. So my question is this, as, as everybody else's question is, what's wrong with Ben Simmons? What's wrong with Ben? What's wrong with you, Ben? If you listen to this podcast, the question I have to ask you is, what is the issue in Brooklyn right now that makes you feel as though the timing is just not right to play? Is it Steve Mash? Is it the Nets organization? Is it Kevin Durant? Do you have some type of beef with Kevin Durant? Is it that little bug in your ear telling you that you got to take the jump shot? What is the problem? Maybe this is more psychological than it is physical. I don't see anything wrong with this man physically. I don't see anything on his body that shows that he cannot perform, that he cannot play basketball. So I got to lean on the side that believes that this is all psychological. They have done a number to his mind, meaning Philly, 
where he has to believe that the only way that you can be successful in the NBA is to take jump shots. Now, see, that could be true. There, there's probably some truth to that. It's the reason why we see Joel and B taking jump shots at three-point range. Because it adds a dimension to your game. It adds another dynamic for you and against the defense that you're playing against. Because they can't figure out if you're going to take the shot, if you're going to penetrate to the hole. It just adds another dimension to your game. And, and, and part of me understands it as a person that can see how everybody else is now taking three-point shots. Steph Curry has opened up the bottle and said, hey, anybody could take a three-pointer, even seven-footers. Now we see Joel Embiid out there taking three-point shots. And the truth of the matter is this, if Joel Embiid is out there taking three-pointers and Giannis Antetokounmpo is out there taking three-pointers, then why wouldn't Ben Simmons do the same? Why can't Ben Simmons take three-pointers? And Ben is probably at the point where he's saying to himself, why can't I just be the basketball player that I am? Why can't you just let me contribute my 14 a night? And let's move on from there. Why do I have to have 18 a night? Now, everybody else in the world is probably thinking, well, duh, because that 18 a night can help you win some games. But I don't think Ben Simmons is so concerned about just winning games anymore. Before, it was a big deal. Before it mattered to him, before he realized that the Sixers didn't think that much about him anymore. And now we're in a position where he's with the Brooklyn Nets. He could play tomorrow, but he won't. And I got to believe this goes beyond anything physical. It goes beyond what his characteristics are. It goes beyond his behavior, his personality. It goes beyond his technique. This is about what Ben Simmons cannot contribute to any team if he decides to stick to his plan. His plan being just to go right to the hoop, go right to the hole, penetrate to the paint, lay it up, dunk, whatever it is that he does that he likes to do. That's been his bread and butter since he's been in college or the Australian national team, whatever. This is what Ben Simmons is. We should not be trying to change him into something that he is not. And what he is not is a jump shooter. What he is not is somebody that cares about the team that he's on right now. Maybe this is a lot more damaging to the Nets than what they might have anticipated by letting James Harden go. Because when you had James Harden, at least he was giving you support. Maybe he was giving you 24 night. But now you don't have anything coming from Ben Simmons. Kyrie Irving is still on an island just waiting to play that next away game. As much as Brooklyn is trying to fight him playing home games, it is a sham. It is ridiculous. It is... It is a situation where this system has become more fraudulent as the season goes on because there's no reason why this should be a perplexing situation for a professional basketball team that has guys on the team that can contribute and has credibility to being some of the most outstanding players in the league and you don't want to play. And it's not because you're injured 
because you just ain't feeling it. I just ain't feeling what's going on. I'm looking at the MVP race. Switching gears. I'm looking at the MVP race. And maybe it's still soon. We're only halfway through the season. And the question has become more of who deserves the MVP for the NBA. Now, of course, you're looking at all the names that may come up. The same four names surface to the top every time. For the last few weeks, I heard about how Joel Embiid, averaging nearly 30 points a night, should be considered the NBA MVP. I've heard for maybe five minutes how Giannis, the Greek freak, Antetokounmpo, averaging about 30 points a game, should be considered the NBA MVP. I also heard for the last few months how DeMar DeRozan, shout out to them. I saw DeMar DeRozan play the other night. Game is wicked. But I don't think the game has ever changed for DeMar DeRozan. Just the team, just the atmosphere, just the coach. I mean, (laughs) let's call for what it is right now. Greg Popovich may be ruining a lot of careers in the way that he coaches now. For DeMar DeRozan to play the way he's playing right now, where he's lost his ever-loving mind, this man is averaging nearly 29 points a game to date. Nearly five rebounds a game and five assists a game. We cannot overlook DeMar DeRozan for what he's done with the Chicago Bulls team. Right now, they're currently sitting second in the conference. And I'm not trying to overshadow DeRozan from Antetokounmpo and Embiid. They're all playing great games. They're all playing hard. And they're all kicking tape. But for what DeRozan is doing with this team from where they were last season when they didn't have them, it's just mind-blowing. Why can't we look at DeMar DeRozan for MVP? And then everybody's going to say, well... LeBron James is also putting up 29 a night. And, you know, it's a valid argument. In spite of what the, the, the Lakers are going through, in spite of what Los Angeles is going through with the Laker team that they have, the biggest caveat is still LeBron James. Injured or not. Of course, when he's injured, you're not going to get anything out of him. But he's injured because the man is nearly 38, 39 years old. So a lot of this is just attrition that's just caught up with him. It's catching up with him right now. And what are you expecting from LeBron? What he's giving you is something that he's been doing for the last 15, 16 seasons. The difference here is that he's playing out of his mind on a team that won't win a game. He'll give you 29 a night, but they'll still lose by five. He'll give you 29 a night, and just win by three. It's like, gosh, it's the only way the, the Lakers have a chance to win anything is if LeBron James is shooting the lights out. He's playing out of his mind. And lately, he's been so hurt, he hasn't been able to play. So even if the Lakers had a fighting chance of going to the playoffs, what we still have to be concerned about is his injuries. 
he's hurt. He's not in the best conditions right now. Not to say he's not in shape. He's just not in the best conditions to go out there and play his tail off. He can when he can. But when he can't, and he's gone for days at a time, it's just the fact that time has caught up with LeBron James. And there's nobody that can save him on this team. Nobody. But I like those four guys. Embiid, Antetokounmpo, DeRozan, LeBron James. Shout out to you guys. I think these names will continue to surface for the remainder of the season until we're talking about the postseason. And then we'll get to see which guys step up to the plates. I want to finish this episode by talking about the Boston Celtics. My beloved Boston Celtics. And I'm only talking about the Celtics. Because they're doing something that I haven't seen done in a while from Boston. This team has won eight of the last nine games since the start of the month, since the break, all-star break. This team has not lost a step. I think that Brad Stevens has been doing a lot more better for this team, which is, it's, it's hard to fathom. This guy was a basketball coach. Then he takes over the position of president of operations. And so this team can't lose. And the one step that stands up more than anything else, that they're the third team in NBA history to win four straight away games by more than 20 points. Third team in NBA history. Now the other team or teams might still be in Boston. How scary is that? I don't know exactly what the other teams are, but it's amazing that you're looking at the Boston Celtics, how how rough they started in the beginning of the season, where they would win a game but lose two, and then they would win two and then lose two or lose one, and before long, they're at 500, and then a light bulb goes on. And before long, this team starts to win games. And it's impressive. Is this coincidence? Is this coaching? Is this somebody actually stepping up and saying, well, you know, if we pick this guy up, we picked up that guy, they get Derek White, they get back Daniel Tice, and they keep their guys intact, and they don't lose a step. They're blowing out their opponents by 20 points. And it's it's not so much shocking. It's amazing. It's just amazing how this team went from being below average to becoming one of the best teams in the East. Sitting sixth right now in the conference. That's going to change. I mean, as long as they keep winning, obviously they got a chance to move up. But it's just impressive the way that now the chemistry has now come into effect. Now everybody knows their role. Second half of the season, it couldn't have come at a better time. So says the commission want to touch on some NBA and some NFL. I want to try to change it up. We're only going to get one show a week, which is where we are right now. Until I hear more about the NFL, of course, <laughs> I don't lose out on the NFL. That's for sure. But as of right now, let's try to combine basketball and football for a little bit. See how that works for you guys out there. You have been listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I am your host, The Commission. 
and I enjoy talking about sports. I know there's other things going on in the world, and perhaps I will spend the day talking about that. I know we got to start talking about college basketball soon. March Madness is not too far around the corner. We got to talk about these teams, these college teams that are really kicking some tail. And I'm trying to do my best to put in there the men's and women's teams that have been doing an outstanding job. And with that being said, I want to thank everybody out there for listening to the Kneel Down podcast. It truly means that much to me. It really does. And I'm trying to do things differently to make things more entertaining. And I hope that you are entertained with this episode of the Kneel Down podcast. Hope everybody has a great weekend and a great week to come. Naturally, it's going to be chilly. Some places going to be snowy. Just do what you got to do and be careful out there. It's real. It truly is. With that being said, I'm going to say peace and love to all those out there. Stay safe. Get vaccinated, people. 